It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. We made it to the weekend, and what a week it has been. Welcome to Green and Growing. Hey, Ashley Frasca here with you for the next three hours. We're going to talk everything outdoors and lawn and garden, maybe a couple of other things too. But as you just heard Robin Walensky report in the newscast, I am so proud of this radio station. I mean, it's like a a party just ended in this place uh, yesterday at 6 p.m. when we wrapped up our 20th annual Carathon benefiting the Aflac Cancer and Blood Disorder Center over at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. And I know those of you that listen to the station know how important that is to us for 20 years to stick with the same organization that we want to provide help and charity for. And you do too. You came through and we raised $1,465,748. We are so proud of that. Very thankful for you. Thankful for your help and your support over the last two days, a 37-hour broadcast. I think that's unheard of for a radiothon. So it takes a lot of orchestration, a lot of organization, and we work with the great partners over at Children's Healthcare of Atlanta to make that happen. So thank you, thank you, thank you. All of our hosts are very grateful to you, so we want to be sure and thank you for your help. So we're here on Green and Growing, and we've got a busy show today. Uh, Walter's going to be along at the bottom of the hour, as he always is for Walter Wonders. And we're going to talk about cicadas. And I think he says we're going to talk about cicada wasp killers as well. So that's going to be something fun. And Jason Byers tells me, which which this is, maybe maybe you need to save the story. Because there was a certain colleague of ours that was attacked by one. So I definitely want to hear how that plays out. And speaking of that, I guess it's because it's been kind of rainy and moist and damp on and off, and then the hot temperatures, starting to see a lot more roaches this time of the year. And I'm not really thrilled about that at all. So if you have your quarterly pest control coming up, I suggest you keep them on the horn for that because I was in the ladies' bathroom here at this station yesterday, closed the stall door, looked up, there's a roach right there, a foot and a half from my knees on the door. I screamed, I was trapped in the stall, couldn't get out. And then I just kind of banged the door so he would go on the other side of it so I could open it and let myself out. No, he fell on the floor and ran towards me. So that was probably the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me at this radio station for sure. And I'm just terrified. So I've been seeing a lot more of them even in in my home and just crawling around outside. So, yeah, any pests you're seeing, too, or anything that may be invading your vegetable garden as we kind of wind things down for our summer crops will help you identify those and find ways to treat them, 404-872-0750. That's the number to get on to Green and Growing. And then, coming up in the second hour of the show, Celebrity Gardener. You're really going to like this guy. He is uh, hes very popular with Atlantans, and especially with Bulldog fans from the University of Georgia. So that's all I'm going to say. So, up first, as she usually is, nine times out of ten on a Saturday morning. Hey, Nicole, good morning. Welcome to the show. Ashley. So invasive species in Georgia. You're not talking about roaches, are you? But they are invasive. They're awful. If you have an older house, I think they sleep in the uh, in the wall. They stay in the wall, I think, uh, overnight or during 12 months. Oh, my God. I can't stand them. I mean, I really, I'm, I'm a, a strange girl in that I would rather deal with a snake or a spider. Most people are deathly afraid of spiders. I'd rather deal with either one of those over a roach. Mm, hands down. 
Uh, did you ever see a big rat as big as a cat? Ah, no. That's a oh, well-fed yeah. rat. Maybe in maybe in New York they exist. Have you seen one here? Oh, there's some in Georgia. Ah. I know there's some. Especially if you have a uh, a restaurant, if there's food um, in the uh, dumpster in the back, or they have to eat too. But boy, they get big, as big as a cat. Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, have you ever tried to keep one as a pet? Maybe they're nice. I don't know. <laughs> if, they have, if they have no teeth, I think it'd be okay. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I would not want to get bit by a rat. Yeah, I have uh, next door. She planted mm, 20 years ago. She planted a channel berry tree. Yeah. And when it comes to fall time, there's a lot of seed, and the bird go from here and there and everywhere. And those channel berry tree, they get as high as probably 50 feet in the air. Wow, really? And it only berries late in the year? Yes, at the end of the year. Okay. Uh, even, you know, um, October, November, mm-hmm. there's no leaf on it. So the the bird go and plant the seed. If you have a place which, which is uh, very fertile, um, you cut one limb and there's 10 more around it. You cannot get rid of this thing. Oh, God almighty. And there's another one that's got, um, well, we got this privet that's got seed everywhere. And the other one is the, um, I don't know the name. I know it's got pink feathers. It's very attractive. The, okay? the plant or the bird? What did you say? Uh, the, the tree. Oh, tree. It's, oh, yeah, mimosa? Pink feather. Yeah, mimosa. Yes, beautiful, right? Yeah, but don't plant it because uh, it will put some fungus in uh, your yard, in the uh, in the grass. Hmm. I, so, I I've never known anyone to plant them. They just kind of crop up. You know, they just kind of appear, right? And especially, I mean, they're they're very prevalent in the wood lines along the interstates and things too. But they do. They smell great. And I posted that on the Facebook page months ago under Highway Horticulture so we could all identify the things we were seeing bloom in the spring and early summer. So that was one of my pictures was a mimosa tree, and a lot of folks didn't realize that's what it was. Um, But it reminds me of a troll. Remember a troll doll and the crazy little hair that they have? Yes. That's what that pink reminds me of. It looks like a bird, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is very invasive. You're right. And then that's why we also have something called a mimosa weed. Hmm. Yes, and there's another one, The uh, I don't know the name, but people plant them because they uh, go fishing with those big uh, caterpillars in the springtime. And uh, this thing can get as huge, too. But the bad thing of it is those, uh, those they, they climb everywhere. Hey, we didn't have none this year because the cat play with them. I don't know the name, but it gets huge, and mostly... They're going to go in in the field and just propagate themselves, you know. Yeah. So just uh, just be careful what you plan because once you plan, you're stuck with it, and then you have to fight it 20 years later. Right, right, absolutely. Well, you know, that brings me to a good point, which I was going to get into later in the show. Nicole, you, you segued right into it for me. When you talk about planting something and not really realizing the the after effects 5, 10, 20 years later, I did that certainly with uh, English ivy, you know, and now it's overtaken trees and half my side yard and all of that. So, oops, shouldn't have done that. But also, I was going to talk to folks about these unsolicited seed packets from China that folks have reported 
to the Georgia Department of Agriculture that they're receiving. And you don't want to plant anything that you don't know what it is. If you receive seeds from a friend that they've had in their garage or you found some in the garage that you have no idea what they are, you're absolutely right, Nicole. It, it can be pretty dangerous because you may have something invasive or that just goes crazy and overtakes something, that an area you don't want it to. You just got to put the concrete around it, uh, put it in the pot so you know, you know, uh, I know Venka do really nice in winter and summer. Venka, you cannot kill it. You get the two kind, the green one, you get variegated mm-hmm. one. But if you plant it underneath your pine tree, oh, God almighty, it just run underneath everything. You know, it's just invasive, like... Uh, like crazy. Yep, you know? yep. And privet, we mentioned mimosa. Uh, you know, you got me thinking too when you mentioned the china berry tree and how birds love that and it berries later in the year. Um, what other plants can you think of that berry that the birds love? Would you have any recommendations for that? They they provide visual interest, but they provide food for the birds. Hmm. Um, did you ever see a lantern tree? Yes, I believe if if I'm thinking what you're talking about, yes, that's it's a Chinese lantern. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was looking at one yesterday, and once the the lantern get dry, that's probably uh, each lantern and it's big as big as watermelon, and each lantern's got uh, a lot of seed in it. And I was thinking, would the bird go for that? And I didn't, they, they fall on the ground, but I didn't see no offspring from this, uh, and this store been there for 50 years, you know. Yeah, golden, so some golden. Of them, some of them are, you just got to, whenever you buy, just ask, just be, uh, we spend so much money on our landscape, just ask the people, and if you don't, if they don't know, go ask somebody else. Every time I go to a loaf, uh, always people asking me, do you know anything about this? Do you know anything about that? But, you know, the younger generation don't have a clue. They're there just to water stuff. You, you know? know, yeah, research is really important. And, of course, store associates at nurseries are certainly primed to help you out. But doing your research beyond just reading the label of a plant. You know, if you know that you're looking for something that gets six hours of sun or, you know, you're looking for something that grows upright or something, it's not just enough to read the label and go, okay, this, this fits what I want. I'm going to go ahead and pick up three of these. Um, really do your research. And, and there's so many good publications and, of course, the extension office here through the University of Georgia, too, that may give you lists and plant recommendations and things like that where you could actually learn a little bit more. There's always maybe a better choice for what you're looking for. Yes, and if you buy stuff on sale, my little experience uh, over many, many years rescuing, uh, if it's on sale, eh, is, it, it's, is there a reason? You're going to have a hard time with it. It's already passed. Uh, it's already past gone, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've shared a, a lot with me that I've been able to bring back to life. An aster um, about a year ago that I've been able to keep alive, and it hasn't flowered yet, but it's beautiful. So, you know, sometimes sometimes some TLC is worth it. But, yeah, I mean, it, it may have either passed its prime or it was on sale for a reason. So, well, Nicole, it's time to uh, step out. And Mike Shields, I know, is wanting to check traffic. Hopefully there's no red alerts. But thank you for calling in today. 
Enjoy your day. All right. Have a great weekend. We'll be talking to you. 404-872-0750, the number that gets you into green and growing. We'll be back right here on 95.5 WSB. Six twenty-four with you on a Saturday morning, hovering around seventy-seven degrees today. And you want to know what the rest of the day is going to do? Traffic or uh, weather? Brought to you by Finley Roofing and Channel Two Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz says a high of around ninety-one degrees today. Maybe just a twenty percent chance for showers and spots throughout Metro Atlanta tomorrow. High of around eighty-nine. You're going to have a lot of sunshine early, but then the isolated storm chance kind of creeps in as the day moves along. So his complete weather forecast comes up here in less than 10 minutes on 95.5 WSB. Green and Growing! Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Here's your garden to-do list this week. This is a this is a part of the show that I really enjoy doing because it, it I don't know, it makes me think. It makes me think and prep earlier in the week to come up with three seasonal things for you to do, but also it's my attempt at making gardening a little less intimidating and a lot easier. You know, if you were to just want to be productive just for an hour, maybe two this weekend, just keeping a simple list for you so that it doesn't seem overwhelming. And I think that's how any of us build up our our tolerance and also our knowledge and our confidence in doing gardening and, and things like that. So yeah, without further ado, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend. Number one, Keep your herbs at their best, and you can do that by harvesting often, but only about 20% of the the herb at a time, like I'm picturing basil. You've got a nice, lush, thick basil plant. All the leaves only really remove about 20% at a time as you need them. And when you're watering herbs, and this pretty much goes for almost anything, always water at the base of the plant. You don't want to sprinkle water overhead on any leaves, especially in the hot part of the day. That's detrimental to the plant. And with herbs, too, and they can be, you know, companion planted and all planted in one container, but don't let the soil dry out. It's really important to keep that consistently moist. That's going to keep those plants vigorous. Number two, how's your centipede lawn looking? If the grass has turned dull green or even curled up, that could be a sign of drought stress, and that may be due to poor watering practices. I know some days we just think, well, I'm not going to water the lawn today because there's a chance for rain and then we get into a few little claps of thunder late late in the evening and then it never rained so really making sure you maintain that water level in the lawn and it could be due to excess thatch as well so you're going to obviously see that compacted soil or poor root development or even nematodes which we could get into that that is just a nightmare for homeowners And number three, it's safe now to prune tropical hibiscus plants that you plan to bring indoors when the weather gets cold. We already have to start thinking about that here in the next two or three months. So reduce them to a size that will fit in your sunniest window, and that's going to be the best place for a lot of those tropicals. And you still have another month or two as well of keeping some of those house plants outdoors if there were some that really like the sun that you were able to move outside. So 404-872-0750 is the number on green and growing. And coming up in the next half hour, we're going to share a funny story about cicadas and get more on those with our good friend, Georgia Gardner, Walter Reeves. He's already on hold on the line right now to talk to in the next 10 minutes. And James in East Point, surrounded by English ivy. I just mentioned that 
in the last 20 minutes. So we'll kind of help James get a handle on that. And Stuart in Henry County with a question regarding squash. I know so many of you are looking forward to enjoying that. And maybe a lot of you already have. Of course, you've got zucchini and you've got the scallop version of squash. There's also yellow crookneck, which a lot of us grow. Yellow straight neck, so many different varieties of squash and so many things to do with them. But there's one pest that could be fatal that you really need to look out for on your squash plants. So we're going to get a little more info from Stuart in Henry County. And your calls, 404-872-0750. I'm Ashley Frasca. You're listening to Green and Growing, and we'll be back right here on WSB. Flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries on 95.5 WSB. Here we are back for the uh, second half hour of the first hour of Green and Growing. I'm Ashley Frasca. Thanks for being along this Saturday morning, creeping up to now 78 degrees, but it may be a really pretty day here in Metro Atlanta. I say it may be because the last few Saturdays that I've tried to predict the weather for you guys based on the website, and the website's new, so the weather wasn't really right, so I'm not a meteorologist, so I'm just going to guess that it's going to be a nice day, but Brad Nitz did say a 20% chance for showers, so yeah, we'll go with it's not going to rain, it's going to be nice. Uh, but yes, we have on the line our good friend, I took over this show from him, the Georgia gardener, Walter Reeves. Walter's Wondering. Walter's Wondering. The definitive questions and answers from WSB's OG garden guru, Walter Reeves. And he's back with Walter Wonders. Walter Reeves, good morning. Thanks for being on the show. Good morning, Ashley. So we always like to talk to each other and the listeners to what we observe, what we're thinking, what we're learning. So I got to tell you, you know, I was camping recently and going to continue to do so through the fall, fingers crossed. Love hearing the sounds at night, whether it's the deer kind of carefully stepping on the leaves, going through the woods, <laughs> or the birds. Birds are going crazy. You got the, the frogs. Ooh. Oh, the owls. That's my favorite. That's my favorite. That yeah, gives me sure. chills. But the frogs and also cicadas. And I have a funny story about cicadas. Now I know what they sound like, okay? <laughs> but back when I was at the University of Georgia, which I don't know if you would have heard this. You, you may not have when you were there. But they put up... Um, you know, like crosswalks, like for pedestrians, you know, throughout the campus. So you hit the little thing, and when the the crosswalk, it, it makes such a funny sound. And for probably the first half of my career at UGA, every time I heard that, no matter what time of day, I was like, there's a bug, there's there's an insect somewhere. <laughs> like, And come to find out it was the darn crosswalks making this noise. You're right. They and do. just, <laughs> yes, sure in do. my brain back then, I was like, oh, it must be a cicada or something. And it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Okay. But, <laughs> but without further ado, anyway, so cicadas are cool. They sound sure cool. Are. But do we say they're endangered? They're not okay. endangered by any means, but they are food. For one creature that's out and about right now, cicada killer wasps. Ugh. And they eat cicadas. They love cicadas. Is that the only thing they go after that, that we know? Just the cicadas? Of course I know, yeah. What, wow. what happens is the cicada killer wasps, of course, is a male and a female. And the female cicada killer wasp goes up in the tree, sees a cicada, listens for it, you know, like you. And when she finds one, she will grab it and sting it and paralyze it. 
and the cicadas can be twice as big as a cicada could have was. It shouldn't somehow fly down out of the tree, drop out of the tree with a cicada in her jaws, and then we'll drag it across the ground to her nest. And the nest is pretty distinctive. It looks like a, oh, a hole in the ground about an inch and a half, maybe a diameter, with a lot of dirt that's been dug out and cast in front of the hole. Usually in a sort of a little low bank is where they like to make their holes. And he'll stuff that cicada in there, lay an egg on it, and then go back up to the tree looking for another cicada to bring down to the same same fate. So the cicada killer wasps are big. They're, gosh, actually they're an inch and a half easily, inch and a half to two inches long. And they look mean, but they're only looking for a cicada. If you're not a cicada, don't worry. <laughs> no fear. So we've been None. seeing the wasps really, you know, in the last month and now that we're entering into August, too. They're still going to be hanging around. Sure. Oh, yeah. The paper wasps, the cicada wasps, a lot of the you know, um, yellow jackets, of course, too. But the, the cicada killer, simply because it's so big, it's so notable, and that's the one that people will see. And sometimes you don't see the female. She's up in the tree doing the work of the household, but the male is the one that people notice more often because they, like the ground bees back in the spring, the male cicada killer wasp will hover around the whole entrance and say, hey, get out of here. This is our food for the wintertime. This is food for our babies here. And they can't even sting. They don't even have a stinger. But they're still big. So they're a little scary. Yeah, Walter, as you've mentioned on your website, and people know the sound like a B-52 bomber type sound. That, yeah. that is terrifying, but they're not coming after us. No, not at all. Not at all. All right. Now, you know what else is not coming after us? This, this is a little bit of a pet peeve, and, and I've had David Coyle from Clemson University on to talk about this, too. Remember when the news cycle went around trying to distract us from coronavirus and COVID, and we were going to have to deal with these Asian giant hornets, right? And we oh, thought, the murder oh, hornets. The murder yeah, hornet. We yeah, thought yeah, they were yeah. going to kill us, and guess what? They're not. They're not in Georgia, no. and they're, they're big, and so I guess people might even think, having heard about the murder hornets, they might think that these cicadas killer wasps would be the murder hornets and be scared of them, but they're not. They're not. They don't look alike. They just big insects that fly around. So, but we don't have murder hornets in Georgia. So anyway, don't worry about that. Good. So you are just one other expert to say. Let's not worry about it. Sounded like a good headline for a little while. Got people's attention, but uh, <laughs> but no. So I want to turn people on to your website, and I'm going to share this link as well. You got a uh, cicada killer kind of little movie shared to you. Video? Oh, yeah. A lady sent me a short movie of a cicada killer wasp carrying the cicada killer, the cicada, I mean, across the grass. So that, that's a determined wasp. She was going to get that cicada into her home now. So She's if, determined. Yeah. So if folks want to see what that looks like, they can check out uh, the Facebook page, Green and Growing WSB. And I'm going to link to your website, WalterReeves.com. And right there, they can see the little video contributed by Barbara. Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. Thank you, Ashley. All right. Well, thanks, Walter. Always good to catch up with you. And how about next Saturday? We're going to talk about lichens. I love it. Let's do it then. Oh, that'll be fun. I like lichens. All right. So we'll talk then. See you then. The garden topics and the insects that get us excited as gardeners. That's really funny. Thank you, Walter. And just what you're observing. You know what also I meant to talk to Walter about was finding those exoskeletons, those cicada shells. Jason, are you seeing those two, man? And if you accidentally step on one, it's crunchy and it's kind of gross. Yeah, we uh, have a lot of cicadas around our yard, seems like. And when they're stuck to the tree and all hollowed out, they're just cool. Yeah. And I mean, I was like deadheading some flowers in the bed and I found some of the shells just like on the stems of the flowers. I mean, they kind of just find a place. Yeah. Anywhere they can hold on to, I guess, for a few minutes and 
just be left shed alone. that shell. Yeah. yeah. So funny story. You told me a funny story, much like my roach in the bathroom story, which I will not tell again. So if you missed that at six o'clock, I'm sorry, you're not going to hear it again. But tune into the podcast. <laughs> yeah, right. But the sounds of cicadas are nice. You know, in the evening, especially last night when I was trying to slow my brain down and lay down in bed. I could hear the crickets outside and I, I could also hear the cicadas. The sounds are nice, but when they come at you, they're big and they just kind of dive bomb you and come out of nowhere. But so we had a coworker who had a little eh, little girl moment with a cicada, right? Yes. Uh, out on our uh, balcony, there was a uh, cicada that was trying to fly through the glass <laughs> uh, wall there and couldn't figure out to fly over it. And um, it was on the ground, and Mark Aram came out there, and I was like, hey, just so you know, there's a cicada over there. He's like, a what? And goes walking <laughs> over there and leaned over, and that siren screech that they do, yeah. it did it right then. It started flying. <laughs> he went running back inside. It was very entertaining. So then as he took phone calls for the rest of the day, where did he go? Yeah, exactly. Just trying to... Uh, he ran outside to the um, other... The courtyard... As if from, there's less cicadas out there. Right. There are trees and plants, and there's probably more in the courtyard <laughs> than there are on the balcony. Oh, I love that. You know what I'm slowly doing in the traffic center Monday through Friday mornings? I am I am slowly but surely teaching him garden stuff. When I started this show, all he knew was fescue. That's the only garden word he could say was That's fescue. It. Yeah. So every week, I, I'm like, hey, hydrangea. Say hydrangea. And then uh, actually, next week... Is it next week? Yeah, next week. He agreed to be on the show, and we're going to do a little uh, is this a plant or not kind of game. And I'm slowly educating Mark Aram. And his fiance Maya, is trying to work to do the same because I gave them a tomato plant that I had started from seed back a couple of months ago. And Maya has kept it alive. I, I have no hope that Mark could have. But they actually have, like, cherry tomatoes now. Nice. I know. So, see, when you see the fruits of your labor, no pun intended, it actually kind of gets you hooked into gardening. Now you're going to have to teach them how to cook them. Well, that's I'm leaving that up to you. <laughs> you okay. You know a lot. We'll but, leave that up to Maya. But cherry tomatoes, I mean, there's not much sauce we could make with that. No, but you can um, blanch them to peel them yeah. and then serve them with a little vinegar and salt. They're delicious. Oh, see, that's nice. And anybody that has full-grown tomatoes, too, making caprese. Did I say that right? Caprese salad? Yeah, close, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I always, caprese, I think, is... Okay. Yeah. I'm but, Irish, totally not Italian. But, yeah, you go out and buy the ball of mozzarella cheese. I talked about basil and how to take care of your herbs and how to har- harvest them, a little bit of that. And then I do a basil raspberry vinaigrette and drizzle it over it. Very nice. Ah, so good. A little so salt good. and pepper, delicious. Yep. That's, that's a meal right there. 404-872-0750 is the number. Up next, James out in East Point. Hey there, James. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. So what's going on with you? Uh, several weeks ago, I heard you on the radio saying about uh, Kudzu, the vine that ate the south. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think number two on your list should be English ivy. Amen to yeah. that. That's what I'm battling right now. You got it as well? Uh, not on my property. I've got three lots. I'm on the corner here, and I've got 23 beautiful hardwood trees, oak and hickory and white oak, red oak, but I don't have any English ivy. My neighbors around here do. Yes. They don't do anything about it. Just let it go everywhere. So anyway, I saw some out of my kitchen, one of the trees on some city property. So I asked the uh, police officer who's in charge of code enforcement. Uh-huh. 
if it gets in trouble, if I go down there and uh, get rid of that ivy on the trees, because it was in within 20 feet of the top of the canopy. Oh, no. Because it had been neglected all these years. So anyway, I went down there, and I, I cleared it off of about 50 trees so uh, so they could breathe properly. Now, how did you go about doing that? I mean, did you carefully, you know, go at the base with like a a weed eater, but that's going to do some damage to the trunk? That's that's not going to do it. The best thing I've found, not a ditch bank blade, not a slaying blade, an axe is the best thing because these roots were as big as your wrist. Uh And, And so if you cut that and put the blade behind the root going up the tree and just come down, the bark between the bark and the stem, and then you use a handle of the uh, axe as a leverage to help pull the ivy off the tree because it's got all those little fingers that are inside the bark and hold on to. Uh-huh. But uh, that's, a, that's the easiest way I've found to, to get rid of it. Not spray it, but just have to. Get it off the trees. So. Yeah, I'm. I'm it's, not for spraying just because you're right. I mean, there's there's side effects of that. There's plants nearby that you're going to damage that could do some harm to insects as well. But it, manual removal is so hard, James. I mean, you got to dedicate a few hours every weekend at least to getting just even caught yeah. up with it. Yeah, I tried to get some help from the city, but uh, you know what they said? They consider English ivy greenery. Ah, yeah. I, I mean, say, yeah, it kills trees. I, I say yeah, it's green, so it's a uh, a Japanese honeysuckle too, but somebody's got it on that property that's encroaching on me, and I have to buy herbicides and spray it and kill it and dig it up. Uh, that's that's not right to to be neighborly. No, you're but right. But that's the way they that's the way they think. But uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, it's a terrible lo- thing to waste. Oh, it looks pretty, and you think it's going to be a great ground cover. But yes, James brings up a good point, folks. You got to consider your neighbors and. You know, if you're planting privet or something crazy like that on the on the border of your properties, you've you really got to talk to one another and just kind of come to some consensus about what's best and what both of you would approve of. No bamboo either, for the love of God, no bamboo. James, thank you so much for the call. It's 6.48. We're coming up on a traffic and weather check and more of Green and Growing and your calls, 404-872-0750 here on 95.5 WSP. Tina Turner, bringing us back on Green and Growing Your Weather Update for the weekend, sponsored by Finley Roofing. Today, a high of around 91, only a 20% chance for a stray shower, says Channel 2 Action News meteorologist Brad Nitz. And then tomorrow, high of around 89, sunshine early, but then isolated thunderstorms will creep in around the area, so have a heads up for that later in the day, maybe up to a 30% chance for rain. Green, Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Get through these quickly for you today. Number one, it is safe to prune tropical hibiscus plants you want to bring indoors when the weather gets cold. You can go ahead and start thinking about doing that. Reduce them to a size that's going to comfortably fit 
in your sunniest window, and that's the best place to keep them throughout the winter. Number two, to keep your herbs at their best, harvest often and only about 20% at a time. So we were talking about those bushy basil plants, for example. Maybe only pick off 20% of the leaves or take them off as you need them. Water the base of your herbs and don't let the soil dry out. That's key, especially if you've got companion planting and they're all in a container together. And number three, how's your centipede lawn looking? I'm asking you, Jason Byers and others. If the grass has turned dull green or if it's curled up, that's a sign of drought stress and it could be due to poor watering practice, maybe excess thatch, compacted soil, which you should have known about before now, or just poor root development or even nematodes. So good fertilization regimen. And when we talk about watering practices as well, that's something that is key with lawns. They want more water in less increments, okay? So you don't want to go out there and water every two or three days, just a little bit of a sprinkling here and there. I mean, when you're watering once, maybe twice a week, a couple weeks ago when we had those 90 degree temperatures, letting it get at least an inch deep. So that could be a long time that you have the sprinkler out there and some of your sprinkler systems run overnight. So a deep soaking. 404 So DeMarco and Jason, I kind of wanted to get into the story a little bit. I alluded to it earlier in the hour. The uh, Georgia Department of Agriculture has come out with a warning for Georgia residents urging them to not open packages that they're receiving in the mail. Something unidentified seeds are being sent, possibly from China, we think, but we can't trace that. So how often do either one of you shop on Amazon or eBay? Daily. Okay. Oh, just made a purchase last night. Guys. Yeah. So that's how they're thinking these hackers or whoever are possibly getting the targeted addresses. Someone may have breached Amazon or eBay. Found your addresses. Have y'all gotten odd odd packages in the mail, though? Nothing odd for me, because this is kind of odd for me, really, is that I send my packages somewhere else. Ah, <laughs> they never come to my house. That's okay, the thing. Yeah. There you go. All right. I got my uh, neighbor's package the other day and really wanted to keep it. It was a uh, like a kitchen island on wheels. I okay. really would. But I, I did the responsible thing and Neighborly took it to thing. him. Yeah. That was really nice. Well, these you'll definitely kind of recognize. It's a very strange, maybe gray mailer or white mailer. It's got a lot of barcodes on it, and you're just thinking, I didn't order that. But what they're recommending that you do, please, 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 is package it up like in a plastic bag, and you can even get in touch with the Georgia Department of Agriculture. You can call their seed lab because they're really wanting to, to wait and see what these seeds are. If it's something invasive, it could become detrimental to Georgia crops. We just don't know. And if you just throw it out, think it could grow in the uh, landfill. It could grow in gravel. So email seedlab at agr.georgia.gov. So to dispose of these Put them in a plastic bag. I was wondering about flushing them down the toilet, but I'm not quite sure what that's going to do. But they'll come. The uh, If you get in contact with the state, they'll come and pick them up from you even, too. So something to think about. Be wary of what you open in the mail. Coming up on 7 o'clock, and we've got a special celebrity gardener. We're going to talk football. We're going to talk gardening. All of that at 7 o'clock. We'll be back on Green and Growing. You're listening to WSB. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, 
as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.